0: Hello my lovely ones and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, And the many trials and tribulations other moms will also join us and share their story let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it hopefully it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it i know i am enjoy and don't forget to subscribe rate and review hi guys magli here oh my goodness can you believe this is episode 50 We are almost at one year of mumming with Magli and I honestly cannot believe it. It feels just like yesterday that I had this idea. I just felt like I had so much that I wanted to talk about, about life, motherhood, etc. And I remember messaging a friend of mine who does have a podcast, although I think it's on hiatus at the moment, but I was like, I'm just planting a seed and then slowly it's turned into this. So I just want to say thank you so much to all of you for listening. It honestly, I know I've said this a million times, but it really does mean the world. And I just cannot believe that we're almost at one year of mumming with Madeleine. I can't decide if I'm going to take a break. I'm thinking that maybe I will take a break until I don't know maybe potentially Christmas time or as in like, you know, until Christmas and then start again in the new year, uh just to give myself I don't know a bit of time to reflect and maybe focus on, you know, other aspects of life, for example, my yoga business which is also doing I was going to say doing quite well financially not yet. <laughs> But money isn 't everything. What I mean by doing quite well is that the foundations are really, really strong, and I think i 'm almost ready to I feel like i 've had a million launches. Does anyone else ever feel like this? You have an idea you like start on something and then you put it out into the world, and then you realize that you need to change a load of stuff, so you change them and then you put it out again but i feel like I'm at a stage where the strong foundations are going to be laid out and then I'm going to be able to build rather than keep changing like the foundations. Does that make sense? Anyway, so I think I want to put a bit more time into that rather than, not rather than the podcast. I absolutely adore the podcast, but also just don't want it to feel samey. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you have any ideas on how I can improve the podcast, if you have any good you know constructive criticism or feedback or anything you'd like me to talk about in the future any guests that you might want to hear from let me know because yeah I love it and it's not gonna stop but there is a chance I will take a break and (laughs) trust you me to be fair this break (laughs) I say I'm gonna do it and then I'm sure that I'm gonna have (laughs) stuff to rant about so I'm gonna be like just kidding guys I'm back (laughs) (laughs) for example, last night, guys, I had a night last night, let me tell you. The problem is, is that I know that I'm shooting myself in the foot, but sometimes I just cannot be asked to discipline. And I know that that makes me sound like an awful parent, but sometimes I just can't. And admittedly, I am worried that it's biting me in the face because the more I give in for an easy life, the more Isla walks all over me. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, last night, oh, and actually George said this to me the other day. I can't remember. Isla was wanting something or wanting to do something. And I just gave in immediately. And George was like, "Magley, you need to be better at disciplining. And I was like, oh, fuck off. i just like, you fucking discipline. (laughs) I don't think of myself as a lazy person. I know that I'm not, but sometimes I do, I worry that I'm a lazy parent. And that feels really awful admitting because I feel like laziness is such an ugly quality. But I think we can all be lazy, you know, at different points. But I don't want to be a lazy parent. But disciplining a child is so, so hard. Not only like finding the energy to do it, but the act of it is difficult because it's not like I just say to Isla, don't do this. And all of a sudden, okay, she just doesn't do it. (laughs) You know, it's like on and on and on and on. So, yeah, I remember George. George is just on at me. No, I say on at me. He's not on at me. But I notice that he is much better at disciplining and... I don't know, it's not that I don't have the patience, I don't know, maybe I just, I am a bit lazy, but also, it's really hard, I'm tired, and I'm not trying to say that he's not tired, you know, it's just, it's a difficult balance, he goes to work, and me and Ali talk about this um, next week, actually, she's gonna be the next episode that you hear, Ali is a friend of a friend, although... (laughs) I feel like I just want to call her my friend now <laughs> because we had such a good chat, but we talk about the fact that, you know, our partners go to work and sometimes we just completely forget that they might have their own stress and virtually George often comes home and I just don't even consider the fact that he might have had a hard day. I'm just like, blah, 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 listen to my stress, take all of my doubts and anxiety and stuff, plus take the child, <laughs> bless his heart, but... Last night, George was working late, and like I said, I had a bit of a night. As soon as I picked Isla up from childminding, she was aggy. And I try to not get frustrated at this because, you know, the Coke bottle effect? I don't know if you will have heard about it, but basically it's like, you know, a can of Coke so basically, it's just like a can of Coke, you shake it, you shake it, you shake it. And then when you open it, it just explodes. And this is used with kids often to explain that when they're away from home, they get not necessarily frustrated, but you know, get they get a lot of pent up emotions, and they may not necessarily feel safe to let them explode. But when they're home with their parent, their primary caregiver, with their, you know, safety blanket, so to speak, all of a sudden, they feel safe to release all of of those emotions and so I really try and remember that that when I pick Isla up from childminding and it's difficult that it's just because she feels safe with me but that it's so hard sometimes and I tried to hug her yesterday was especially difficult not because I didn't have the energy I actually had a really good like day for myself I felt fine but you know it lost a long time sometimes and it it all evening yesterday and I was hugging her kissing her telling her that it was okay and she wanted something from her backpack and I didn't know what she wanted but we have lost one of her favorite comforters and I'm sure that we'll find it because we came back from Spain and we had it with us so it must be somewhere in the house. But I think that she's looking for it. And more often than not, I put it in her bag when she goes to childminding. And when I pick her up, she points to the bag and I give it to her. But we can't find it. So it's not in the bag. So I've packed other teddies. And I was giving her those teddies. But she kept pointing to the bag. And I was trying to empty the bag to show her that there was nothing else left in the bag. But she just kept getting frustrated and more frustrated. But what can you do? There was nothing I can do. And bless her heart, she's just sad and I can't fix it we get home and it's quite a quick turnaround I need to immediately you know put dinner on and stuff so (laughs) I mean last night was (laughs) it was not a culinary masterpiece it was beans on toast Either likes to have her beans in a bowl and a slice of toast on the side and we try and eat this at the table or actually I should say we pull out a bench and then she has like a little toddler seat and she sits on the seat and then the bench is like her table but she wanted to sit on the couch and sometimes I might let her, which I know I shouldn't, but whatever, you have to pick your battles. But yesterday I thought, nah, I'm not having beans on the couch. And the only way that I could get her to sit was to have the TV on. So I put the TV on and I had a point now and I'm just forgetting. I think I'm just ranting. It was all just, it was a lot. And then she didn't have the toast. And then does anyone else really struggle not to finish their child's food? And it's so annoying because. I was having my dinner a little bit later. Georgia was working, I can't remember if I said, and I didn't want beans on toast for dinner. But also this slice of toast is going to go to waste and it's a perfectly fine slice of toast. And I was starting to get peckish. So I ate the slice of toast and then it put me in a mood because then I wasn't as hungry for the nutritious meal that I had planned for myself, which by the way, I didn't even end up having because by the time I had put Isla down to bed, it was not that late to be fair. She actually fell asleep reasonably early. I think it was like 7.30 or something. But I just couldn't be asked to make my culinary masterpiece. <laughs> so I had macaroni and ketchup. <laughs> oh my gosh. I literally felt like I was at uni all over again. So we're with Isla and then she couldn't be asked to say no. And then I gave her a yogurt because she had her beans. I was going to say her beans on toast. She didn't have the toast. I had the fucking toast. She, I gave her a yogurt, but then she sits on the couch with the yogurt and the TV's still on, by the way. And by this point, I just, I don't have it in me to argue. So I keep the TV on and then I'm in the kitchen washing up and she comes to me and she, <laughs> she pulls out a block of butter <laughs> and <laughs> she wants to eat the block of butter. I think because she thinks, thinks it's a block of cheddar and she loves to eat cheddar needless to say I obviously I can't let her just bite into a block of butter although I'm thinking maybe I should just let her bite into the block of butter because then she would realize that it's not cheddar I don't know what do you think let me know I grabbed the block of butter from her and it really it went downhill from there guys (laughs) she is throwing herself all over the kitchen floor I tried to pick her up I tried to give her a cuddle and tell her that it's okay that I understand I don't know should we go to bed should we go out for a walk I tried so much she is like starting to throw limbs at me like her limbs like hitting me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. And at one point, I just thought, okay, fine. I'm just going to leave you. But I feel so bad because I know that she's like, she's throwing attention, but also I know that it's just because I don't know, she's sad. She's frustrated in herself. It's really difficult. In the end, I just left her in the kitchen. I went and sat on the couch, but then she's throwing herself around so much that she hit her head on the what do you call it the skirting board skirting board yeah I think that's what it's called skirting board yeah just you know on the bottom of the wall um and so she starts crying for that and it is a different cry so I noticed it I went and got her gave her a cuddle tried to put in a pj she's not wanting pjs I'm having a whale of a fucking time here and then George texts me saying hey girls how's things and I'm like fuck off <laughs> so we FaceTime George and just to see if that will distract her it does distract her but for all of two seconds and then she takes we have this teddy big bear which she loves and she takes him puts him on the floor in the living room where we are at the time and she starts humping him and I know that I've spoken about this before with George but I don't want to say that it's getting out of hand because it's not but she's (laughs) she's making noises (laughs) like grunting noises as she's humping this teddy. And the thing is, I've done loads of research on this and it's totally normal and you know, I shouldn't discourage her from doing it. And it says that when they reach a certain age and they start to understand a little bit more like of you speaking to them, that you can tell them to do it in a private place and not necessarily <laughs> just, you know, anywhere. But Isla's not at that stage yet in terms of language and communication. So I'm not really quite sure what to do. The other day we had friends over for dinner and she was <laughs> she's humping this huge bear. <laughs> and grunting and I'm I don't want to shame her I don't want to tell her off I give her I pick sometimes I try and pick her up and give her a cuddle you know soothe her in a different way because I know that they do it as a comfort thing but then as soon as I put her down she goes to the bed again and starts humping it and grunting and like it's I don't know I just don't know what to do Uh, because annoyingly I feel a bit embarrassed when she does it in front of people and even George and I were looking at each other she was doing it in front of us and we were looking at each other. It is like a little bit weird, but also it's not weird because it's natural. But do you know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, and I'm reading loads of stuff online, you know, talk to your child, don't shame them, tell them that it's okay, but it should be done in private. And, it, you know, it should feel good. And if it's it's normal, if it feels good, blah, blah, blah. But like, she's three. How am I already at the stage of having to, she's three, she's not three, sorry, online. The reason I have the numbers three in my head is because online they said that around the age of threes, when they can start to comprehend, um, you set sort of starting to set boundaries with them and, I mean, in that sense, obviously at two years old, she understands different boundaries. I don't really know. I don't know. Anyway, she's two. How am I having to deal with this sort of stuff already when she's two, like body and sensations and feelings and genitals? Like the stuff that I'm reading online, it's like, you know, you can tell them that, Oh, it's just, and I feel, I don't know, I don't feel like, it's not, I don't feel embarrassed about it, but also, it almost feels a little bit wrong to talk about genitals and my two-year-old and rubbing, like, in the same sentence, and I know that it shouldn't because from everything i've read and spoken to dp and stuff it's completely normal like developmental phase but also like ah oh, i i just i hate that it feels weird so a little rant on that if you have any tips let me know please or i don't know if it's happened to you um any funny stories <laughs> any anecdotes, any tales of parenting, wow, please send them to me because I would love to feel not alone because this is something, I'm someone that talks really openly about stuff, but I'm sensing a resistance. Um, And it's not the same talking to someone in direct, if that makes sense, like face to face about this rather than just feeling like, um, and I'm not talking to myself on the podcast, you guys are listening and (laughs) thank you so much. But it doesn't feel as comforting confrontational, not that it's a confrontational subject, but do you know what I mean? Anyway, so that is that. Oh, quickly about George as well. Okay. Ladies, women, if you are the primary caregiver, tell me it's not just me that gets really frustrated at the non-primary caregiver, more often than not, the father, saying to you, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? George, to be fair to him, never says this to me. But, well, he did with the discipline, but he's right. I do, I am a pushover. I really, like, I'm so bad. But just, it's so hard. It is so, so hard. Like, from an energy point of view, sometimes I don't always have it in me and just like, oh, it's difficult. Anyway, apart from that, I need to get better at discipline. This is something that I'm really not good at as a parent. I I think I'm patient, I'm loving, I'm really affectionate, uh, but discipline I'm not good at. Needless to say, George... George takes Isla's shoes off all the time, especially when we're in the car and it's, you know, a thing obviously so that she's more comfortable, but sometimes it makes me feel bad for not taking them off and it's not his fault. I know that that's my issue, but sometimes we'll be driving in the car and she'll, I don't know, she'll be asleep and he'll look in the rearview mirror and we've got mirrors so that we can see her and he'll be like, oh, her shoes are on. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't take them off because it's a fucking bore leg." Because for example, if she wakes up when we take her out of the car she often immediately just wants to be put down on the ground but then she doesn't always want her shoes put back on but she does need shoes to walk around and it's like oh no I didn't take them off anyway that's a tiny tiny little rant but ladies what does your partner do that you might not do and they don't intentionally make you feel bad for it but they just make comments like that and they mean nothing by it but you take it bad because Mum guilt is just about everything. I I literally, I can't get through the day without feeling like I haven't done one thing. I want to say wrong, but it's not wrong, it's just not perfect. Why do we need to be perfect? Why do we need to be perfect? As mums like and we don't the thing is I genuinely believe that we all believe that we don't need to be perfect yet we put this pressure on ourselves to be perfect how do we change that you know how do we change that narrative for ourselves in our brain how do we rewire the brain to genuinely embody and behave with the with the thought process that we don't need to be perfect and that is okay speaking about change I spoke about change um I can't remember a few episodes ago talking about or asking the question I should say is it possible for someone to change because I was saying at the time that I'm quite haphazardly put together I'm just a bit all over the place my brain runs at a million miles per hour I don't do yoga because I'm calm by nature I fucking need that shit (laughs) Um, and if you need yoga too, hopefully you can practice with me soon. My on-demand platform is so close to being up and live. Although I do have a few bundles there already, but I don't really publicize them. Um, I think I'm going to give listeners of the podcast a little discount should I do that? Hit me up if you think that I should give you guys a discount. I think that I should because I'm grateful for the support. So if you listen to the podcast and you are interested in practicing yoga with me, let me know. Send me a DM, send me an email, and um yeah, the more of you that message in, the more of you will get a discount. Okay, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, haphazardly put together change. Okay. I have a friend of mine who recently is really delving into the sort of holistic well-being world getting in tune with her body her cycle and she doesn't really talk about it openly to everyone for whatever reason and that's absolutely fine by the way I say this 100% without judgment but it got me thinking about whether it's because There's a certain level of fear, a certain level of worry that people are going to judge her for making changes in her life. Um, And this is completely me surmising, by the way. Absolutely, she has not said this to me. But... And just got me thinking about that because I remember when I first started doing yoga and being quite spiritual, and even now, I think I've spoken about this before, that sometimes I I don't cringe, but I hold back on quite how spiritual I am because I worry that people are just going to think that I'm some woo-woo fairy, do you know what I mean? And if this is the reason that she's doing it, I'm not saying that it is, I really want to confirm that, this is 100% me surmising, but... It just makes me feel sad for anyone that has ever felt like they can't 100% be themselves. And I know that that happens to the best of us because it's so difficult to show ourselves fully to the world. I just wanted to put out a message to anyone who needs to hear this that you should be exactly who you want to be. Think of all the things that you could have done or might have done if fear and anxiety hadn't stopped you. And I don't say this to make you feel bad about, you know, potentially opportunities that you might have missed out on. I say this to... For myself, by the way, also, I say this for myself as much as anyone else. Oh, just fucking do it. Give a shit. Give a shit what people think. And it's so easier said than done. I really do know that because I care way too much what people think a lot of the times. And I know that I probably don't come across like that because I am opinionated and quite outspoken. But I do care what people think, I try not to and I try and live my life and still do things without worrying about, you know, the judgment of others, but I still care, of course I care, I don't think there's a lot of people that genuinely don't care at all, but I'm trying so hard to not let that stop me from doing things, I think that's the difference, does it stop you from acting on things that you would act on if you didn't have this judgment, which by the way, often is judgment that... That we project onto people because we have the fear, not because they actually judge us or think badly of us for, you know, whatever it may be, X, Y, Z. Yeah. So, a message to you and to myself just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Give a shit. If there's that thing that you're thinking about, oh, I'm scared to whatever, just fucking do it. Honestly, what is the worst that's going to happen? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, as I'm saying this, I'm like closing my eyes and just inviting (laughs) the affirmation into my body as well, because it is so hard to live by. But oh, let's just fucking do it, team. And on that note, do you know what I need to fucking do? I need to be better at brushing eyeless teeth. (laughs) This is my mom confession of the week. I'm so, so bad at brushing eyeless teeth, like, and sometimes... Sometimes I remember and I don't do it, and some often I forget. And it because it's not a hundred percent part of the routine now it's easier to forget it's so hard to build something new into you know routine isn't it um for yourself let alone for someone else and it's not part of our routine and I feel really awful about it and I know that I can't remember who it was I think it was my sister I was talking to about it it might have been on the podcast actually she was like oh but you know don't worry the teeth fall out but it's not just the teeth it's for gum health gum health one and two again for her building that habit because they build habits really quickly another mum can Confession is that one of our awful habits that we have is that first thing in the morning, Isla like goes straight down to the TV. And I really hate that. But the problem is, is that when I wasn't in a well enough mental place to be with her, play with her. When I was alone with her, quite often I would rely on cartoons and things like that. And I'm grateful that I, you know, was able to do that. But unfortunately it has become part of the routine. And now if I say no, she has a tantrum and sometimes we're just too much in a rush to have that tantrum in the morning or admittedly maybe I don't want the tantrum, so I just I give in I don't know what to do so I feel a little bit stuck in that cartoon morning routine any tips would be amazing and I know that the tip I need is just to power through is just to say no and at one point, you know, she'll get over it, it probably will be quite difficult for the first week or so, maybe a couple of weeks, but then she'll get into the habit of not necessarily wanting the cartoons first thing in the morning. And maybe she'll play with toys and stuff like that. But I'm struggling to get out of that routine in the morning, especially it's just me in the morning with Isla. Um, George's is either already out to work or he's walking the dog or like, anyway, on morning he's on dog and him duty because he needs to leave quite early for work. And then I'm on me and Isla. Well, I say me, it's just Isla anyway. Oh, that's really difficult. And I feel all awful. I feel like the world's worst parent, first thing in the morning, cartoons. And I think, do you know what the worst thing is? Is that when we're away with other people and there's a TV, I... I feel embarrassed and I feel judged, although I know that I'm the only one judging myself that so for example, you know, we were in Spain a couple of weeks ago, and in the morning Isla would wake up and not always, but 80% of the time, let's say she would sit on the couch and give me the remote. I literally I don't know why I feel like the world's worst parent I think there's such a stigma isn't there about putting your children in front of screens and don't get me wrong I totally understand why the stigma is there because yeah it's not the best thing in the world and I used to judge people and I'm so sorry for the people that I used to judge because it is so so hard and (sighs) yeah anyway that is that (laughs) gosh that went into a whole like thing that I just had not expected I have people actually that recently I can't remember what it was that I was saying about Isla I was like oh no I do this with Isla and sometimes people have been like oh don't worry my parents did this with me and look I turned out fine (laughs) And then I think about it. And then I think, did I though? Because people do say that. People say it all the time. You know, oh, my parents did this and look at me now. I'm fine. And in my head, I'm thinking, how deep are you looking though? Because on the surface, yes, you might be fine, but... I don't know about you. Sometimes it feels like there's layers of trauma that I literally cannot even financially afford to unpack with a therapist, <laughs> you know? So like, although it may seem like a small thing and, you know, we say, oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. But oh, it's just so hard being a parent. It is just so fucking hard being a parent because I, my parents were amazing and they did the best they could just like I'm doing the best I can. But are there things that they probably thought, oh, she'll be fine, she'll be fine. And actually, it has caused me a certain amount of, you know, trauma. This The word trauma is so heavy. So I don't necessarily mean that it's trauma that appears every single day. But are there layers of doubt and fear and anxiety and stress because of things that maybe my parents did when I was a kid and at the time they probably thought nothing of it. I'm sure that there are. And I'm I think I'm overthinking it because probably there will be layers of stress to Isla that will be my fault but there's nothing I could have done and if I hadn't done that there would have been you know another layer of trauma whatever but it just it makes you think things like I have a friend of mine she was like oh I'm to take my kid to this I think it's like this forest school near her and that's great I would love to take Isla to some forest school but one I mean financially I don't think that it's feasible for us Two it's like an hour away um the nearest like amazing one that i've googled. And I just have to question, yeah, it might be better for Isla, but if it's not better for me, an hour away, that's two hours of commuting. And again, not to make it all about me, but that would take a lot of time and effort and energy. And I'm just not sure that I have that on top of everything else to give. But then I'm feeling guilty because should I not do it for my child? But then, you know, happy mom, happy baby. I know that it's a cliche, but cliches come about for reasons because they're true help (laughs) send help (laughs) is basically um this this episode is basically what I'm trying to say with all my ramblings send help because oh thank you for being here (laughs) and letting me unpack with you all Christ Almighty I was at a Pilates event the other week and A woman was there and we were talking about children, uh, about Isla, and I was saying that I hadn't 100% gone back to work full time yet because it's been a little bit of a struggle, blah, blah. And I think I made a little joke about it because I've just met this woman. Well, I've met her once before, but you know, we're not close and I didn't want to go full pelt into, I haven't gone back to work because, you know, I was depressed. So I think I made a little bit of a joke about it being like, I haven't gone back yet because, you know, oh, kids are hard. And she said, gosh, well, I went back when I was five months postpartum, like when her kid was five months and... Bless her heart. I'd like to say that since then, I wasn't offended at all, I will say. And bless her heart, since then, the woman I know feels really bad. And like, it's absolutely fine. She didn't mean it that way. And I genuinely hadn't thought anything of it. But a lot of people, it just made me think that a lot of people, when I talk about my postpartum depression and just struggling mentally, a lot of people will say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Was Isla a difficult baby or is she, you know, a difficult toddler? And (laughs) the answer to that question is no, she's not. And it's really hard for me to say that without feeling guilty and without feeling like I'm obviously the problem. And yeah, that's it. Um, If you have a child who is seemingly, you know, perfect, I mean, no child is perfect. Obviously, Isla does have her moments. But in the grand scheme of children, stories that I've heard, she really is an easy child. But that's okay. That doesn't mean that I can't still have my struggles. It doesn't mean that my worries and my doubts and, My sadness and my grief, my frustrations, everything in between, it doesn't mean that they're not valid. I can still struggle if, you know, seemingly on the surface, everything is okay. Does that make sense? I wanted to say that in case anyone else needed to hear it because I do feel really, really ashamed, I think, to admit that sometimes I just don't feel like I have anything to be sad about or anything to complain about or you know, like I have a supportive partner, there's food on the table, my child is the cutest, sweetest thing. I teach yoga. I love my profession. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm like, oh, come on, Magley, like you have everything that you've ever wanted. And sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. And that's something that, you know, I spend time trying to unpack for myself. Uh it's okay to still have struggles, even though We might technically, you know, have everything that we ever wanted or desired or whatever. Um, That's something that I'm also trying to tell myself because, yeah, how I'm feeling is valid. My emotions are valid. Everything is valid. Do you know what else is valid? (laughs) I love Bluey. But... It is valid for me to be angry at the creators of Bluey because they have made Bluey's parents literally the best parents in the world. How are cartoons? (laughs) I know this is going to seem really strange, but me and my friend Jess were talking about this the other day. I can't remember when it was. And she's so right. She's the one that actually pointed it out to me. And then when we were watching Bluey with Isla, because (laughs) that's all we do. It's not all we do. And I, I hate that. I feel the need to like confirm that it's not all we do. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I was watching, the parents are so present and I know that it's not real life, it's a cartoon, but it's just, it's really annoying because it's such a good cartoon, unlike Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, the kids in that cartoon, Peppa and George, they're so naughty and I don't like it because it does, I I don't want Isla to like learn from Peppa Pig, if that makes sense, I prefer Isla to learn from something like Bluey or Dougie. But then I also feel bad because I worry that she's going to watch Bluey and then think that that's how parents should be like, but I'm definitely not like that. And don't get me wrong, I have other amazing qualities, but they are so good. They're just so present. They play so well with the kids. And I know that it should inspire me, but it just pisses me off. (laughs) No, it really does inspire me. But... It also pisses me off because it's just so good. They are so good. I aspire (laughs) to be like mum and dad on Bluey. Do they have names? Do Bluey's parents have names? I don't think so. I'm going to Google after this. Hmm, interesting. I don't think they do. Um. Okay. I think that was my last little <laughs> rant that I needed to share with you guys. Oh, another thing actually that I wanted to touch on, which is going to seem like a really random change of subject, but I wanted to talk about friendships because friendships are hard, aren't they? And I feel like not enough gets spoken about that, that just that. (laughs) I don't even really know where to start or where I'm going with that. But friendships as an adult, you have to put so much time and energy. And sometimes it can be really difficult to find the time and the energy to put into those friendships. And I'm lucky enough that I consider myself with a good chunk of good humans around me. And it's annoying because sometimes I see people that I wouldn't necessarily consider close friends, but we're friendly, we're friends, more like distant friends, and that's fine. But then I spend time with them and I think, oh, fuck me, you're so fab, I wish we were closer. But I think it's just frustrating to feel like we don't we may not necessarily as adults have the time to have as many close friends as we might want do you know what I mean am I making sense basically friendships are hard as adults and if I have my friends listening to this and they feel like I'm not in touch as much I'm really sorry but I really I am always here um if you have thought of messaging me (laughs) but you haven't because you feel like you don't want to bother me please just text me because admittedly sometimes I might not think of you but that doesn't mean that when you're not present I don't absolutely adore you and if I don't adore you you'll sense it trust me. Okay. Uh, That was a really random one. But oh, let me finish on this. I gave my mum confession. What was it? Oh, yeah. Eyeless teeth. Oh, gosh. Let's not talk about that again, because I'll start to feel guilty. My top tip Tuesday is... You can buy nappy bags, you know, when you're out to put the nappies in. They are more expensive than dog poo bags. And we have a dog, and so we use the poo bags. And one day we had run out of the nappy bag things. And so we decided to use a poo bag. And then we thought, why don't we always use a fucking dog poo bag? So now we use the dog poo bag. Similarly, if you have a nappy bin, like at home... You know, the ones that you turn and then it like creates a little, I don't know, like twizzle in the middle they are so expensive. Like they're inserts that you put in the nappy bin and those inserts are really expensive from Tesco's. I think they're like 15 pound a pack and you get three in a pack, if I'm not mistaken. Needless to say, it's only just occurred to George and I literally in the last week or so that you don't need the fucking insert. Because by the way, you may think to yourself that it doesn't smell as much with the twizzle thing. I hope I'm making sense. If you don't have kids, you probably don't know what I mean. But if you do have kids, this is great. Fuck the insert just put a a bin like a bin bag just put a bin liner inside the bin and use that because the difference in smell is not noticeable and you're gonna save money because you're buying bin bags anyway. And bin bags are much cheaper than this insert, which basically is just a bin bag that helps twizzle around each nappy. I hope I'm making sense. If I am, you're welcome. If I'm not, I'm very sorry. (laughs) That is it for episode 50. Can you fucking believe it? Thank you so much for being here with me. It would mean the world if you would subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much. Ah, I love you.